mind you, I'm still thinking nothing of it because right. like, I don't even know how this goes. <laughs> right, right, you know right, right, right. So, uh, so I, I go into the building. I sit down and have a meet with the principal, and she was like, "Yeah, so, um, let's see if we could get this these these uniforms in the schools here because we're having a really bad uniform problem where nobody wants to wear the uniform." So I was like, "Yeah, I could make some jazzy uniform." She's like, all right, we're just going to get you set up. We're going to do your paperwork, do this, do this. So at this time, everything's moving so fast to me. I'm like, well, okay, this has to be something I just meant for me because I ain't asked for it. I just got thrown in it. So I was like, you know what? Let me just do what I got to do. All right. So I started making uniforms for the school, Brooklyn Gardens Elementary in East New York. And literally within a few months, I had every child in uniform. Every child, Sick, damn near every child, they had their name on the back. Some had glitter, some didn't. It was just. What was the rate? Like the, the rate of kids putting on a uniform was like at what percent? I, I would say before that, I think that she told me it was like around 30%. 30% of 30%. kids were wearing their uniform. You come and drop the milk drip on them. Yeah, we at like 85, 90 now. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode in the Living Room Podcast where we learn, laugh, and heal. And this episode is about making it look cool. <laughs> you see how I did that? See the drip? We got the milkman himself all the way from Brooklyn, New York. Yep, yep, yep. Milk, uh, if, if you want, really quick, first and foremost, thank you for coming out. You yes, could have been thank you for having me, man. Thank anywhere you. in the world, bro. Um, yeah. Y'all already see, uh, if it don't match, you don't have to pay. That's a fact. My man. That's a fact. <laughs> All right, as long as you see it. So today we're going to talk about branding. We're going to talk about branding. We're going to talk about clothing. We're going to talk about how your brand can start one way and end up impacting the ways you wouldn't even th think it would go. You know what I'm saying? So from putting your clothes on to family members, celebrities, to then getting contracts in schools for uniforms. Yep. Let's get into day one, all right? How long did you always want to be in? Did you always want to be in fashion? Was this something that, you know, you always saw yourself doing? And before we get into that, of course, give a little people about your background a bit. And then we'll get into how you got into fashion. Yeah, so um, my name is Kirk Remicky. I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Um, only boy of three sisters on my mom's side. A whole bunch of siblings on my dad's side. We ain't even get into that, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's outside. <laughs> um, I, I, I spent 90% I spent of my um my childhood in growing up in Canarsie. Before that, I was in Crown Heights. And, yeah, I always kind of had a feel for fashion because my sister was into fashion very mm. much so. So it was always instilled in me. But then I had my dad as an electrician, so I kind of first followed his footsteps and then diverted into my own lane after. I think that's interesting too, because sometimes parents, you know, as a parent, what you want to do is have the best for your kids. And it's yep. like, I got a safe job. Yep. When did you make that decision? Say, Oh dad, I appreciate what you want me to do, but I got something here. Like when does it happen in your mind? Is it high school? Is it like towards college? Well, it was after high school. Um, after high school, after I had my first kid, I was basically a weatherization technician, and then when I broke my foot with that downtime, that's when I started my brand, and the rest is history after that. Mm. So when you you got hurt, you broke you broke your foot? Yes. Like broken? Yeah, broke. Ow. How'd you do that? Um, long story, but I took a hard fall, and yeah, Ew. broke the foot. Yeah. I only, I only ask that because, you know, I have pain everywhere, bro. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> don't break a leg. You break a leg. We'll talk about this some other time. <laughs> 
But I was going to get deep into breaking their leg and all that. <laughs> okay, so downtime, is it, how long does it take? Because I know that could be hard on the body. Yeah. My main source of income, now I'm home, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a time where you feel like I'm down, I'm depressed to some degree and say, let me get out of this funk? Or it was like, as soon as I got hurt, you just knew it was something you could do? Well, it wasn't as soon as I got hurt. When I got hurt, I was more focused on my injury at the time. But once um, I realized the injury is just going to be what it is, I was like, you know, I got to find something else to do with my time. And that's when I started the brand. And I first started the brand out of, like, just something to do while I was down. And it turned into my life. Mm. Yep. I know that when you first started, so as as I know, it's milk, but making it look cool is the acronym. Yes. I want to know the beginning stages because I feel like there's people that, you know, are probably going to watch this mm-hmm. in the fashion, don't know where to start, you know, probably going to hurdles where it's like, oh, they want to do something. Someone has it. It's trademarked already. Yep. You know, what was those first couple, like 24, I guess, 48 hours per se of like you deciding to do it? Like, what did it look like? Well, the first 24 was just, this is what I wanted. This is what I'm going to get. But then as I dug deeper into it, I realized it was much more that goes into creating a brand. So I referenced um, Damon John. I started like basically Googling everything that he did, Mm. how he did it. And at that time, all his videos were like literally on YouTube. So I used to just like binge watch them. And then one thing stuck out and he was like, you know, make sure you do your paperwork first. So I was like, all right. So I guess, all right, I got to do my paperwork first. So I went to do all my LLC paperwork, trademark, before I even put the brand out there to the world. So I'm happy that that was one of the first things I did. So make sure if you got a brand, do your paperwork first. YouTube University, shout out to Damon John for putting out that content. There's people that just literally put free content and don't know who's going to touch, mm-hmm. right? And then full circle come around, and we'll get to, you know, Damon John has also been somebody that you've been around, right, in the, in the, in the industry. So how did you come up with the logo, though? Because the logo was fire bro like thanks, thanks thanks different kind of logos of course thanks. um did you have to trademark every single logo or is like once you create one logo how does that work yeah so what i did was i trademarked the name making it look cool first so that i could own it and nobody could put make no cool on anything and sell it mm. so i had to secure the name and then i went ahead and secured the um image of it then i trademarked the milk and then i trademarked the m so literally any design i put out there i trademark it first happy I think it's an interesting story uh, about how you got yes the logo. Can we get into that? So my little sister, shout out Ashley, she had a friend named Star, and she was a graphic designer, graphic artist. And I told her, I was like, you know what, I need a logo. You know, I, I need something that's that's fire, something different that can stand out. Uh, the brand is milk. So she's like, what you going for? I was like, uh, maybe like, you know, like a... a jug of milk and then it's pouring and the M pours out and spells out the name milk mm. and she gave the concept to her friend and boom and here's milk to that, yeah. but when we this is the part I want you to get they were in what what grade how old were these people they were in 11th grade 11th, 11th grade, grade. Oh, yes so to trust the pretty much a kid I think and this is a, I think for me is was big like Artists, art, you know, when someone mm-hmm. got a talent, they got a talent to yep. even trust somebody to say, do it. Yep. Was it like when you saw it for the first time, did you know it was it right away? Or like, were you skeptical on the first sketch and was like, maybe some redoing? 
No, I was sold with the logo. I'm not going to lie. I was sold <laughs> with the logo when I first seen it because it literally looks like an M being poured out of a jug. So I was like, wow, this is exactly what I envisioned. So, yeah, first sketch, one and done. And at that time, I trusted everybody, you know, because I first started. <laughs> right. I, I, I was seeking knowledge from anyone who had a little bit of knowledge to give me. So, yeah. No, I get it. Um, and, and being a student is important. In trial yeah. and error, it's, it's, yes. it's all of it. So right. talk to me about now. You got the logo. Mm-hmm. What is your first step to then putting it on a shirt? And who's our first customer? Like, So um, at that time, I was very excited because, you know, <laughs> I got my logo. I got my paperwork done. I'm like, you know what? I'm about to go out and hit the streets. So I made a whole bunch of black and white shirts, a whole bunch. And I emphasize on the word whole bunch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm 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 gonna sell these out within a week, and then I'm gonna run it up again, and I'm gonna re up, change the colors, do my thing. Mm-hmm. But it didn't work out that way. Like my f- few friends bought, then after that it was clipped. So I had to figure out like right now I need to get these on people that don't know me. So then I started going out um guerrilla marketing. So let me just give I want to give some context, right? So when you say a whole bunch, right? Yeah. Give us a number. Like how many shirts did you buy? You know, how much was was a shirt cost? Like, how much did it cost you to to make a shirt, I guess? Mm -hmm. And then how much did you buy? Well, at that time, it was costing me around $7 to $8 to make a shirt. Mm -hmm. And I probably did maybe around 300. 300 black and white shirts? Yeah, 300, 350. And how many of those shirts you sold? Maybe like 40. Yeah, no, I'm not laughing yeah, at your no, face. No, trust me. I'm not laughing trust at your me. face. I, I, I thought I was rich, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sold your first shirt and it was up. Like yeah. I gotta buy, I gotta sell this to everybody. Mm-hmm. So now, how do you pivot there? Because I think a lot of people go through this, right? You get a lot of inventory yeah. when you start, yeah, because you think everyone's gonna buy, mm-hmm. and now you come to the realization, well, I gotta get rid of shirts. Yeah, that's a fact. What did you do? Well, at that time. That's when I first realized that inventory is one of the biggest killers, right? So I learned that. So the whole process to me was just like a learning process, even though I took a, a L, you know, which L stands for learn, mm-hmm. right? So what I did was I was walking through the mall one day, and I seen um, the guy at the T-shirt kiosk making, like, you know, the glitter shirts. So I was like, you know what, maybe that would, might look dope in my logo. So I just made one for myself, put it on with one of my matching sneakers, and went outside. And then... um. A uh, customer that bought from me uh, before, he was like, "Oh, so that that's the new that's the new drip." So I looked at the shirt. I was like, "Yeah, that's the new drip. <laughs> it is absolutely." <laughs> Come on, you didn't know. <laughs> so he was like, "Yo, bro, I need a I need a black and red one." I'm like, "I bet I got you." So I went right back to the um mall. I was like, "Yo, let me get one in black and red." Then I went out, and then instead of me selling it for um twenty dollars, I was like, "Yeah, bro, because it got the glitter on it and stuff, bro." It's 25. Mm. So he was like, yo, say less, bro. I need it. I need to match my kicks. So I was mm. like, okay, so he needs to match his kicks. Okay, I just solved the problem. So I was like, all right. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out and I'm going to sell these shirts to match your sneakers. Mm. So once I took that um, stance with it, things started to really improve with the brand because now I was making it more of, personal to the customer like oh what color you need oh yeah i got these black and orange jays i was like okay bet i'll make it black and orange for you so it was a personal touch you know what i mean so yeah business started you know really taking off so at this point when you're doing that do you have a website up 
Are they reaching out to you personally to like customize it? Like I'm kind of because this is what your first is year one of yeah, you doing this. So they're, they're, everyone's reaching out to me personally. I had an Instagram, so everyone's just DMing me and like you know calling me and you know people from my neighborhood because you know I started in my neighborhood. They'll see me at the store like yo, I seen so and so with the blue and gray one. Yo, I need a. I'm like all right, bet I got you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then I started like it started becoming a neighborhood brand. So, yeah, it, it did good once I took that route. All right, that's fire because, you know, I think when after going through something like that too, like you take this this risk of buying so much damn inventory. Yes, yes. That kind of hurts, you know, especially yes. as a starting entrepreneur uh-huh. and then to see something pick up speed. No. Tell me about, because you talked about guerrilla marketing, right? Yeah. Tell me then when you go out of your neighborhood, when you, when you pick up the courage because I don't know your injury. Are you like completely healed when you? Yeah, by, the, by, the, by that time I was... Moving, yes, okay. I was completely healed at that time. So I was literally taking the train. How 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 it really started for me is like when I used to take the train to the city to get um inventory. That's when I used to venture off. I used to ha- print like maybe 500, 600 business cards and just give them out to anybody who would take them and let them know like you know this is a new brand it's called making it look cool. I specialize in making um custom T shirts, hoodies to match all Jordans, phone posits, Yeezys, any sneakers, you name it. And that, and I left my Instagram on there, and that's how people would reach out to me, like, "Oh, I seen somebody wearing this shirt, or I seen this on your Instagram. Do you have this color?" And I'm like, "All right, yes, I'll try my best to get it to you." And yeah, it started. Where'd you learn that idea? Like, I didn't think, I didn't even think about printing five, because think that's those are the days. Five hundred yeah. business cards is like you outside yeah. handing them, handing them, and that's yeah. like cold of cold, right? Because you know how many times somebody hands you a card and you're like, "Yeah, whatever, bro." Exactly, mm-hmm. and you toss it out. Toss so. You know, where did you get that? Where did you think that would be a concept that would work? Because I feel like I personally would have never went that route. But, you know, the funny thing about it, this all goes back to, like, the whole Damon John situation. When he started, we didn't have social media. So I was listening to how he did it. And he basically kind of did it the same way, in a sense, like guerrilla marketing. So I was like, you know what? Guerrilla marketing still works. Because if we didn't have social media, everybody would have to be doing it this way, any which way. Mm. So what I did was I would have, like, samples with me or I would have my phone as like you know proof like look check this out or i'll be wearing a shirt like look i made this shirt to go with these sneakers and that's what would sell them right there on the spot and then i would run with a model like look look it, buy the shirt if it don't match you don't gotta pay so then some customers would be like well don't match i don't gotta pay but yeah if it don't match you don't gotta pay you could just throw the shirt right back at me like, all right i'm gonna take you up on your offer i need this color so they'll try to give me all these crazy crazy colors to to see if if you I, could make it match make it match mm. and Sure enough, yeah, I did. <laughs> and that's even the bold statement to say, yeah. you know, how much time? So if someone says, I mean, I guess this is your your, your recipe to say, if I send you a shirt, you got to kind of know the, t- the times of what's coming too. But yeah. is it that time consuming? Like, I'm, I'm wondering if I, I see you today and say, all right, I know, I mean, Chico got some fire sneakers right now, mm-hmm. on, right? Like somebody's going to grow out of his sneakers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I want a shirt. What's the turnover time to look at the product that they send you and then find the exact material or whatever to match it? How long would that usually take you? Well, if it's a simple sneaker where it's like the regular colors, like the red, the blacks, the grays, and the blues, I could produce something like that within two days. But if it's something more exotic, I would need at least five business days. Yeah. Do you set that expectation with people when they were getting it? Like yes, I let them on? know um, the turnaround time for each order. Yes, of course. All right, so when does is, when is milk now go, okay, now I'm hustling, I'm on the street, mm-hmm. guerrilla marketing. Mm-hmm. And now when does it feel like, oh, this is taking off? 
Like, this is actually, is no longer only in my borough. Mm-hmm. You know, when is it that, that the brand really starts to take on its own? Yeah, so um, I would say, from me doing the guerrilla marketing and having the, the, the hand-to-hand sales, it, I grew a little bit of confidence. I'm not going to lie to you. I was confident about it. Like, I, I knew this was it. Mm-hmm. So um, I started going to networking events. I started doing, like, you know, the, the artist pop-ups, um, the meet and greets. I started doing those and making sure I brought merch with me when I go to these meet and greets so I could get the reaction from the celebrity or whoever is basically in the building on the product. And it kind of, I would say it really started from um, Tom D's, Tom Dick and Harry's. Mm-hmm. It really started there because they used to have, like, a lot of celebrity meet and greet events, and I used to make sure I was there in the building with my merch to actually meet these celebrities and, you know, talk about it. What was the process like getting, how do you get access? So, like, me, I'm not in this world, in this fashion world, so Mm -hmm. how do you know about these pop-ups? Or, like, it's someone telling you, because I'm thinking you got to have somebody that knows about these pop-up shops to get to you. Like, how are you finding these locations? Is this Google? Is it, what, what, how are you doing it? Well, at that time, it was, like, on social media, and I had a few um, friends that were in the industry already, and they used to be like, oh, Kirk, you know, they're having something here. They're having something there. And I'm like, you know, let me put it on my calendar and make sure I pop out. So it was definitely through people and social media for sure. So tell me about the first celebrity. So I, here's what I always envision, right? Uh-huh. Because... Celebrities get stuff thrown at them all the time. All the time. All the time. Um, and it's like, some celebrities are going to give you the, nah, I'm good, bro. Like, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. how's the approach? Like, you know, I know you're confident because you did yeah. get rid of marketing, but wh- was there any hesitation? Or well, give me a time. I also want to know the story time that you didn't get it on a celebrity, right? Like, when you did land one and it made you feel like, all right, I did something right. And then when you didn't land one, how'd you recover from that? So, um... When I started doing the meet and greets with celebrities, I was never sure that they were going to wear it because, honestly, it was me and 10 other brands behind me with their merch ready to give to the celebrities. So um, that alone kind of made me change my motto on the way how I went about things later on in my journey. But at that time, that's that's what I was into. So I was there for it. So I I gave Dave East. Uh, one of my shirts, I gave him a shirt for himself. And, you know, my brand, it's a family brand. So I make shirts from the mother to father right down to a newborn. You know what I mean? So I, I knew he had a daughter at the time. So I gave him a shirt for him and his daughter. Fire. So I was like, you know what? In my head, I'm like, all right, they're not going to wear it. They're not going to tag me. It's Davies. He's he's huge. It's, right, right, right. it's not happening. Right. Then I, I, like, late night, I think it was like a week after that, late night, I got a call like, yo, bro. Dave East has his daughter running around in your shirt on his Instagram story. I'm like, Fire. I'm like, you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> so I went on his Instagram story and I screen recorded right away the whole rundown Keep me story. All I'm like, what? I'm excited, mind you. I'm jumping for joy. I'm like, oh, I'm rich. It's over. My first celebrity right. even though it's his, his daughter I don't care right it's, it's Dave's daughter that's fine. so I posted that on my social the next day and when I tell you like people was like what Davey's daughter he, he ain't wearing himself he put it on his daughter no that's love bro that's love so that gave me even more confidence now so now I'm just out there like alright I got this I got that so people's like hitting my line like yo bro we need that we need that because they seen Davey's daughter and they, you know so that's what the whole celebrity would do for you will dr- definitely drive your sales for sure right. so that was my first celebrity for sure and 
it was un- unforgettable moments, put it like that. Yeah, because, you know, today, you know, the market today, so just keep in mind as we're speaking about this, this is eight years ago pretty much. Like, yeah, eight, nine years ago. Eight, yeah. nine years ago where social media wasn't, I mean, Instagram at least wasn't what it is today, where it's yeah. business and advertising and influencer marketing and things like that degree. Like, it was touch-to-touch basis, and then people yeah. would hit you directly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I seen a clip of a performance. I don't even want I want. I want you to give the story. How do you get this icon yeah. to wear the merch? Did you drop it off to him personally? You know the funny thing about it. I used to. You talking about Young Dirty Bastard? Of course. All right. So Young Dirty Bastard. Um, I used to know his manager named Jeff. Jeff from um, Raised Fist Propaganda. I knew him through um, my friends. So he used to be like, yeah, um, I have a um, Young Dirty Bastard. That's my, those are my peoples. That is so-and-so. And so I was like, yo, man, let me make him something and give it to him for me, man. Like, I trust that you would give it to him. And he was like, all right, yeah, make it, make it. Go ahead. So I made it for him, and I gave it to Jeff to give to YDB. Mm. And he was like, he was like, yeah, I gave it to him. He really liked it. I was like, okay, cool. Hopefully I'll see him wear it one day. Okay, thought nothing of it. Two weeks later now, 11 o'clock p.m., I'm in bed. I get a call like, turn on the Jimmy <laughs> Fallon show right now. Oh, uh, Jimmy I'm like, Fallon what? show, bro. I turn, on, I turn on Jimmy Fallon. I see YDB going crazy in the milk hoodie. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm not even sleepy no more. <laughs> like, right, that's got to be super excited, bro. I'm jumping bro. for joy. I'm, I'm recording my TV. I'm right. doing all types of craziness to, 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 to just capture the moment. Mm-hmm. So the next day comes. I posted on my social. Social media starts going crazy. Like, oh, YDB, Jimmy Fallon, yo, you made it. Ah. Right, 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 so I'm there like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm rich. I'm telling you, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> right? So then sales run up again. But then it slows down again. So I'm like, okay, so I guess this is the name of the game. You know what I mean? I got to be constantly out there, you know, um, chasing celebrities, making sure they mm. put my merch on. That's what I thought. But okay. then... I quickly realized that's just not it. You know what I mean? So when do you make the pivot? Because I'm curious, like, to have that spike go up, uh-huh. then come back down. You were obviously still in the street because still a couple celebrities are still yeah. putting on your stuff. Yeah, yeah. What At what time in your career now you go, okay, how do I focus to, like, mass marketing? Like, how do you, how yeah. do you not distribute to the masses besides just aiming for, like, influencer marketing? Yeah, so um, influencer marketing definitely works. I, I believe it's a great tool. I would never discredit it, but I just feel like at some point you have to build your own foundation instead of building the foundation and success of your brand off of somebody else because if they take a L, if they take a fall, your brand takes a fall. So you have to build a strong enough foundation for yourself. So that's when I started doing more. Um, I, did, I started doing more networking, and I met up with a girl called Kalia Clark from the Who Style and Who Show. And she took an interest in my brand. I took an interest in what she was able to do and how genuine of a person she was. Mm-hmm. And then we started working together. So I would do, like, placements for her. So she, I did a placement for her that um, ended up on Method Man. And I was like, you know, <laughs> wow, Kalia Clark, you're the best. Right, right. And she also took um my brand overseas. Like, she took it to... Where was it? Costa Rica, I think, and another island. But yeah, working with Clea Clark was another good stepping stool, stepping stone in my career because it, it exposed me to more than just the local Brooklyn area. You know what I mean? 
So, yeah, I, I would say networking really got me set up in a way where I could start creating my own foundation as a fashion brand. So when she goes and takes us overseas, is there like any conversations? Is there contracts? Um, is this straight off the love of the relationship? Like, how does that even go about? Well, Casey, she's a great person. I'm not going to lie. She has like major love for independent brands and anyone's out there really trying to, you know, get their head in the game. That's very serious about it. So, yeah, it was just like a runway show in Cayman Islands. And she just took some pieces out there and was like, you know, what, I got you. Just give me some business cards, some pieces, and I'll make sure the business cards get in the right hand and the pieces get on the right models. So then two twos, I just seen my brand on the runway in Cayman Islands just... Yeah, that's see, yeah. you said took it overseas. I didn't know it was in a. That's the wrong way I saw on your ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire, so bro. Clear Clark definitely set me up for that too. So, so where are you at now? When all this is happening, you know, where are you at on the business? Because now it seems like, from what I'm getting, it's it's getting out, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, definitely getting out there. Yes, for sure. So where are you? Are you full time now in the business because is 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 requiring so much, you know, demand or like are you still Doing it part time, like where are you? Well, at in your that journey? time, I was still um doing. I was doing it full time at that time, because I I I've believed in the brand so much, and I had a very strong support system that, which allowed me to be able to do it full time. But yeah, everybody started believing. My family started believing in it, and it was like you know just focus on this because obviously this is turned into something bigger than you. Right, like they, they're clearly seeing the potential. Yeah, they see it, yeah. But as far as, like, income, I would say you weren't at a place. Like, where do you get to a place where it's, like, it's locked in where maybe, because here, like, having a great support system is awesome. But yes, for sure. there's a lot of people, I think, that come out, you know, like you say, we sell one shirt, and I was like, it's over. Yeah. I'm rich. Uh-huh. I'm quitting my job. Because yeah. this, is, this is what happens to a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah, that's a fact. I'm quitting. Mm-hmm. way too early way too early yes and then it stops the growth of your business yes. right because you could be meeting more people at work or funding the stuff funding that you need the, funding your business with the income etc yeah, sure. mm-hmm. so when you get to a point where it's like it's solidified mm-hmm. right like um i'm a brand that's known and then i, I want to talk about how how do you then transition when the world stops you know what i'm saying because yeah clearly a lot of people i think brand me if i had a brand a yeah. clothing brand mm-hmm. And the world's stopping. Nobody's going outside. I'm yeah. thinking it's, it's over, over for my right? brand. Okay. You know what I mean? So um, before COVID, I would say I was doing really well. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I was doing um, um, sneaker collabs with Tom D's. Like every time Jordans came out, I would provide the matching shirt to go with the Jordans, drop it off at Tom D's, whatever sold, pick it up later on. Fire. Then I did a, um, I did a collab with Woodstack. I did some a onesie, a baby onesies collab with them which um, went really well as well. And doing all these different collabs, um, I would say to all the viewers that were watching, it made them believe in the brand even more, and they were buying it, promoting it. Uh, and then they will see a friend. They'll be like, oh, I like that shirt. They'll be like, oh, yeah, my boy Milk makes it. What color do you want? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, I need a red, black one. Then they'll come back to me like, yeah, my friend need this, this, this. Then I'll be like, all right, bet. I'll make it for them, hit them off a little something, and then it just started growing word of mouth, word of mouth, word of mouth. And then once I did the website, that started doing very well as well because not everybody wants to contact you directly. Sometimes Correct. they just want to go online, pick out the shirt that they want, check out, that's it. But then when the world stopped, everything stopped. Mm. 
You know what I mean? And before, before I, I got to go back because before the world stopped, I was already um, doing school uniforms. <laughs> ah, so you know wait, I mean? let's get there. All right, yeah. so now tell me how you go from, I love this story. I yeah. love this story. So, tell me how you go from, okay, I'm, I'm focused on my brand. Mm-hmm. How do we get into the schools? What is the first initiation to say, how did that even start? How did that trickle down? Well, the, the school's concept, I would say that happened out of grace of God. I would say that, you know. So my daughter, Kaylee, shout you out. She wanted some cool uniform. She wanted a glitter uniform. So she was like, Dad, could you make the school logo glitter, put my name on the back, let it match my sneakers? So me as a father, I'm thinking nothing of it at all. Like, I'm like, you know what? This is what I do. I make clothes. Let me just make her a glitter uniform. Just send her to schools with it. Send her to school. By the end of the day, the principal was on my line like, hold on, Kirk. We need to talk about these. Like, we love this uniform. The kids love it. Like, let's, like, we want parts. Mm-hmm. So I'm there like, okay. I'm like, okay. Mind you, I'm still thinking nothing of it because right. like, I don't even know how this goes. <laughs> right, 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 you know right, right, right. So, uh, so I, I go into the building. And I sit down and have a meet with the principal. And she was like, yeah, so... Um, let's see if we could get this these these uniforms in the schools here because we're having a really bad uniform problem where nobody wants to wear the uniform. So I was like, yeah, I could make some jazzy uniform. And she was like, all right, we're just going to get you set up. We're going to do your paperwork, do this, do this. So at this time, everything's moving so fast to me. I'm like, well, okay, this has to be something I just meant for me because I ain't asked for it. I just got thrown in it. So I was like, you know what, let me just do what I got to do. All right. So I started making uniforms for the school, Brooklyn Gardens Elementary in East New York. And literally within a few months, I had every child in uniform. Every Sick, child, damn bro. near every child. They had their name on the back. Some had glitter, some didn't. It was just. What was the rate? Like the, the rate of kids putting on the uniform was like at what percent? I, I would say before that, I think that she told me it was like around 30%. 30% of 30%. kids were in their uniform. You come and drop the milk drip on them. Yeah, we at like 85, 90 now. Fire. Yeah. Man. So then um, she started talking about it to other schools. Like, yeah, we got you know, we got this guy here. He's making some cool uniforms, so-and-so and so. So then I ended up in the school upstairs. And I was like, all right. Oh, right, because schools are now yeah, schools within schools. Exactly, because now there's oh. multiple schools in one building. So yes. I ended up in the school upstairs, SOFBK. Then I ended up at down the block at um, East New York Elementary. I'm like, what? And then everybody just started talking about it. And I'm like, whoa. Then I just started... Yeah, recommended out, recommended out. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. So in one school, because see, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, because how many schools now you have contracted with? Uh, uh, I'm a vendor for, um, I would say, I got to check my website, but I would say like maybe 16, 17 schools. 16, 17 schools, which is ridiculous. It's fire. Yeah, but in yeah. my mind, I'm thinking you had to go to 16 physical locations i didn't even process that because you went to one floor this floor is going to talk upstairs which is another school which is a separate vendor correct Mm -hmm. that's a different vendorship yeah so i I haven't haven't solicited any schools yet so all the schools i've got is often off of word mouth yeah bro that's incredible Mm -hmm. so now talk to me about the growth so from school one to 14 is this all pre-pandemic? Uh, pre-pandemic, I would say I had about six schools 
before. Oh, so you grew. Pandemic. Okay, let's talk yeah. about it. It's so lit. I, so okay. I had about, I, I would say I had about like five, six schools before pandemic. And at that time, the clothing line was doing very well also. So I was basically juggling two companies, I would say, at right. the same time. You know what I mean? It was hard, yes. A lot of sleepless nights, yeah. But I was getting it done. And then pandemic hit. So now pandemic hit and we think everything stops. Yeah. What goes through your mind, and then how do we go from six schools, and then the world stops, to then grow another six, eight schools? Yeah. So, uh, pandemic happened. We're in COVID. So, in my head, I'm like, all right, the world's over. Like, it's Scary not times. Happening, you know what I mean? But, mind you, the clothes was still selling, but not on such a large scale as it was pre-pandemic, because they were still dropping Jordans. Copy. So now you like you. If you think of a pair of Jordans, I think of your exactly. So I had it instilled in your head that once you got a pair of Jordans, a pair of Yeezys, a pair of phone posits, you're automatically thinking of milk because you're saying like, you know what? I don't want to have the same shirt because everyone else, everyone has for this one particular sneaker. Let me go to milk and get something for myself more exclusive. Copy. So the clothing was decent, not as crazy as it was pre-pandemic, but decent. But the schools, I was getting no sales of uniforms from the schools. But what happened was parents didn't want to go into the brick-and-mortar stores to buy uniform. So they were reaching out to the schools like, do we have another option? Do we have an online option? Is there any online uniform companies out there? There was Milk Uniforms. I'm him. Yes, I'm him. So I was um, making a lot of relationships with schools during covid so in my head, I'm like, all right, once COVID is over, once everything opened back up, all right, so I already know I'm going to be doing business with this school, this school, this school. All these schools that I built stores for during the pandemic is going to be open for business once the pandemic is over. Mm. Even though the pandemic took a while to be over. Longer than we expected. Way longer than we expected. And that was kind of a downfall for my company too as well. But once it opened up, things went back to business as usual. So, so let me ask you a question. When I think about these relationships with a school, because in my mind, me personally, right? Yeah. Doing business with a school seems so foreign. Like, I'm not, I can't see yeah. a transact. Like, who is giving me the money or, like, you know, who's the person? Like, how do I connect? Is it, like, is there an approach you have? Like, all right, I got to get to this person for each school or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm trying to figure out. Your whole pro. am I walking in with milk drip? Like, how am I, am I going in there with a shirt and tie? You know what I mean? Like, what is the process of acquiring the school? Besides the word of mouth, I guess, yeah. right? Like, for people that watch this, if your kids are struggling with school uniforms, if you're a school looking at this right now and you want your kids to look cool and you're making it look cool, this yep. is the man. How do they get, like, how do you do that transaction? So, I can't really speak on that because I haven't solicited any schools yet. So, I, I never really walked into it. a school trying to get their business. Every time I walked into a school, I already had their business. You know I mean? <laughs> that was like a a calm flex right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I hear you, bro, but I don't gotta do that. No, so, no I'm not saying I don't have you know, to. But, but literally, you, like, you haven't I, had to. I didn't. I, not yet. I plan on doing so, but at this stage, now I haven't done so yet. But when I first started walking into the schools, I would say a lot of people wasn't used to this. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the the typical image of a uniform company, if that makes sense. A black man 
with a uniform yeah, company yeah, is what yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is fire you feel me black owned uniform company yeah. and here's what I, you know what I'm gonna say this right I'm, I'm gonna say this because I think this is a catchphrase you know and respect to, to us to our yeah. color people black owned businesses mm-hmm. you know like and in this whole like support black owned you should support you should gotta, you gotta support good businesses yes good business and if you're black and you got good business, that's great business. You know yes, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because this is an incredible brand. You know what thank I mean? You, thank you. Um, so you just stand out and go and give back. And then acquiring your own school. Yeah. How did it feel to know that the school you were going to, you now are supporting? Yeah, yeah. That 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 threw me back. So I used to go to PS114 in Canarsie. So they reached out and they wanted their own store built. Like, I was excited because I'm like, yo, I went to the school in Fourth grade, third grade, this is crazy. <laughs> right, like I was through the moon. <laughs> right, so right, when right. I when I went to the school initially to like you know show them what type of garments I have and what type of logos I could create for them, I seen my old gym teacher still there, still there. I'm like, yo, Mr. Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you right. remember me? He's like, oh, I was like, I went here when I was like fourth grade. He's like, your face looked familiar. I was like, just know I went here. <laughs> <laughs> Seen a lot of kids, yeah. bro. I know I know you, so right? He's like, yo, man, that's that's crazy. This is a full circle moment. I'm proud of you, man. So it felt really good to basically serve the school that I went to. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah, I could say that was definitely a highlight on my journey for sure. Ew. So now, so now, now that the world's out, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, I think the way I see it now is milk is a brand. That can collab with almost everything, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. making it look cool. Like, yes. like, hear me, right? It's in the living room podcast. Yep. When we learn, laugh, and heal. All right. Making it look cool to learn, laugh, and heal. Yep. Like it could just. It's like a sandwich. You yeah. feel me? Like yeah. it just goes everywhere. Yeah, it it's literally fire. goes. Making it look cool, in my opinion, literally goes with anything positive. Anything. And you honestly, I think that's dope. I th- you know what? Speaking on that, bro, is real. I think even touching the schools and letting them know, like, clothing brand could come and impact kids, bro. Like, growing yeah. up. Exactly. Saying I wore milk growing up, you know, exactly. making it look cool. That's mm-hmm. that's incredible. So what's the plan now? So now you have these schools. You haven't necessarily solicited these schools. Is What's the approach? What's the business landscape now? Like, I wonder what's your approach for the next, you know, two to five two years. To five what's years? the focus? So um, I started a social emotional development program in schools called the Create Your Own Cool um, Workshop. It's basically a workshop where kids could literally use my brand as a canvas, a regular milk shirt, and basically design it to whatever's cool to them. You know what I'm saying? Promoting their individuality and self-confidence. So I plan... I plan on focusing on the brand name itself. Like, I definitely want to make a huge impact in the fashion industry i want to continue my work with the schools i want to go from 16 17 schools to you name it 100,000 schools right if there's Worldwide. a million out there give me a million you know what i'm saying right. the sky's the limit and i also want to continue impacting the kids with the create your own cool workshop program so so let, let me know how you did that so now that you're in the schools yes you pretty much create a curriculum outside with your clothing brand to these yeah. schools how yes. did you do that what what sparked that? Who mentored you on that? Like, how did you even think of that? Yeah, so um, I didn't really, I, I never had a mentor. This is just me just kind of winging it, trial and error. And, um, yeah, so to create your own cool program, that was something I wanted to start uh, when I first started getting into the, to, um, the schools because I seen they had, like, arts and crafts programs, and I seen how kids were really, like, into, like, the arts, 
You know what I mean? And I was like, no better way than giving them a, a, a shirt that literally tells them that they're cool. And now they could design the shirt with whatever's cool to them. Like, it's your own shirt. Self-expression. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So by the time you're done creating that shirt, you have a boost of confidence. You're most self-aware because you're basically putting everything on the shirt that you like. No one's telling you what to do with the shirt. And then you leave the program with a heightened sense of awareness of self. You know what I mean? Fire. Mm-hmm. I love it. I so how do you pitch this now? So now that you're in the school, this is my question. Because you're in the school already getting in the uniform. Yes. Who are you? You can't. Can you tell me how do you? Who do you speak to? The principal? Like yeah, I would speak to the principal. So I would let them know. Like all right, apart from uniforms, I also have this social emotional development program, and then I would show them the pilot video that I did at other schools, and they'll be like, oh yeah, it's um, let, let, let's let's I, I want to do that, and then some schools would be like, oh, we don't have the budget for it. So then I would try to, then now, I'll go to my website now, and I'll be like, all right, how much milk shirts did I sell this week? Mm. Then I'll be like, all right, all right, I could take a pro, some a portion of the sales and, you know, put on this create-your-own-cool program for a school that doesn't have the budget for it. So I rely heavily on the sales of the website to put on these free create-your-own-cool programs for schools that don't have the budget to pay for it. So in essence, everything that you're doing is for the greater good of helping someone self-aware and their creativity. You giving back yeah. the way you're giving back, bro. One, you're making someone look fly mm-hmm. as a brand, you know, making them look cool. In return, it goes and helps you get into schools, yeah. and then and then help them create their own. Yeah, because it's not cool if everybody doesn't can't be a part of it. If only a selected group of kids could be a part of the making it look cool, create your own cool workshop. It's not the coolest workshop in the world. Everybody has to be able to take part. I love that. You know I mean? think that's fire. So how? So so I guess now, my question is: If somebody's watching this, right, yeah. knows your brand, mm-hmm. knows what you're doing, how do you get the support or the help to get to expand the curriculum to expand, you know, to all these other schools? The focus, the brand, of course, itself. By the way. Yeah. Link is in the description below. You know what I'm saying? And here's what I realized as we're speaking. You can make everything look cool if you subscribe. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because you're watching and you still have not subscribed to this. First of all, your mom, your mom subscribed to the channel. We talked about this before, but you haven't. And I get it. Hear me out. I know sometimes you, right now you tried and it's asking for your email and it's annoying. Help the channel. Subscribe to the channel. Please, because it helps you help us help you help us. You already know. Yeah, you know what I'm fact. saying? That's a fact. <laughs> All right, so thank you. So what I was saying is, um, yeah, so what's how do we get milk? Besides this awareness, hopefully, you know, schools are watching this, people yes. are watching this, kids are watching this. You know, how's the next step to get into? Because you're doing this without mentorship, bro. Yeah, no I partners, mean, no nothing. Damon John, a shark, anybody who's a mentor yeah. in the game, if you're seeing this, I think this is something that's big. You know, how do you get milk everywhere? Like, I think for me, I would love to see it in, my, in the Bronx. Yeah. That's you know nice. what I'm saying? If I could help come through and get it here in the Bronx, it would be fire. But what's what's the landscape? Like, what's what's, next, what's required, I guess, required. for you to be able to do so? Well, I would say at this point in my journey, I'm focused on, because I'm doing literally everything just by myself, basically. I have no partners. I have no mentors. So, I'm looking into bringing in a partner. Like, I would love to go on the Shark Tank. Right, 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 right. Shark Tank is where I would love to be. Fire, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. I want to go 
do my elevator pitch. You know what I mean? As you should, bro. Deal, you know what I mean? But yeah, I definitely want to bring in um a partner to basically spread the impact. You know what I mean? Because I, I chase impact over dollars. Once you once you provide the impact, I believe the dollars will come. Ladies and gentlemen, um, if you're watching this and you're looking for something that you know can leave an impact, that's going to make you look good, that's going to impact the people around you, I think we got the brand. I'm letting y'all know right now, y'all going to see me in a bunch of this drip. You know what I'm saying? If you haven't seen it already, you know, get used to it. If there's something you want to give, you know, besides the, um, the people in fashion, maybe an entrepreneur, who's I think you've gone through a lot of trials and tribulations to do what yeah. you're doing. Like, what keeps you going though bro like the ups the downs the, the pandemic this the no support per se in regards to business like why keep going because i i see all the people and schools and organizations that i have impacted so far with the brand and people love it you know what i mean and i feel like what i'm creating is bigger than me that's why i'm saying i'm at a point where i'm ready to bring in partners because Making it look cool could be on everything. Skateboards, basketballs, sunglasses, sneakers. What can't you put making it look cool on? You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. And if you're watching this episode, do us a favor. Tag somebody that needs to look cool. You feel me? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That they don't got the they got the new sneaker, but they got the same sweater everybody got off. Chico owes me ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Chico, you gotta buy five shirts, bro. <laughs> the party flag on the flag. <laughs> uh, but milk, look, bro. I, I really, I'm touched by the story. You know, I appreciate you coming through. And just so you know, like, man of his words, like, yo, show me what, show me what you want to wear. And if it doesn't match, you know what I'm saying? You don't gotta give me the preference. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, man, that stands on his brand, who's making an impact. Bro, I'm, I'm glad to have you here. Glad you got to share the story. Ladies and gentlemen, that's another episode in the Living Room Podcast where we learn, laugh, and heal. Subscribe to the channel. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. That was a jam-packed 48 minutes of everything. Right there. That right there, bro. <laughs> I'm good now.